Good morning and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece. I'm here with Samantha Tredelius and Jennifer Tovani. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. So uh, I live in a world, as I think we all do, of needing outside coaching in our lives. And for me, it's been a lot of coaching for children, whether it's lacrosse coaching, basketball coaching, soccer coaching. Sometimes it's SAT coaching. Um, for me, it's been a little bit of fitness coaching, some nutritional, although that I could use more of that, but that's for another episode. Um, but one thing I have not dug into, and I feel like we all could use it, is spiritual, intuitive, internal coaching for our, for our health, for our brain health, our mental health, our, our state of life. So life coaching. Beyond, even beyond that. So I am super happy we are joined today by Phaedra Starr. Good morning. Good morning. Um, and Phaedra, you, uh, you are what you would, I think what you would consider an in intuitive coach through various aspects, that various tools. Tell us a little bit about um, how that can fit into a busy working woman's life. <laughs> well, I am a busy working woman and a single mom, so it does take some time to fit in. I think the key for women out there is this element of self-care, and we've really been hearing about self-care in the news and in articles. So intuitive coaching is a way to come into a safe space, energetic space, to be held while you're working through triggers blockages, and these could be emotional things, mental things, uh, even physical ailments. Uh, I use a lot of different tools within the coaching. So generally, we'll start with a tarot card reading and kind of get a level set. And we'll go into breath work or shamanic healing, Reiki. So there's a lot of different tools. And it's an hour out of your day to spend with someone to hold you in unconditional love with no judgment so you can work through some things and move to whatever is next for your highest good. I feel like that we, uh, I feel like we don't have a place in the world of no judgment anymore. So um, <laughs> that, that would be, that would be a welcome place to be. So this is very different from, it feels very different to me from your typical corporate world. And you have a very corporate type job. How do you merge those two worlds together on a daily basis? <laughs> I do have a very corporate job and it's been interesting. I've been in my particular job for at least, what, almost 18 years now. And I use these tools in the workspace. I do feel like we're coming into a time where these worlds are starting to merge and helping my clients corporately get back into their bodies. What is my body telling me? What is this trigger? What am I going through? I just lost a big sale and I'm having a difficulty. Why am I beating myself up? So it's actually merging. A lot of my personal clients in the intuitive coaching world have come out of this corporate world where we've been taught just to go, 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 get it, do it no matter what the cost is, the expense to our health, our children, our family, go get it, be everything to everyone. And how, that is the question, how do we merge all of that together so we're healthy 
and excelling on all of these fronts. And then when we don't sell, how do we take care of ourselves instead of feeling like failures and beating ourselves up? How do we take those as lessons to move through our journey and our path in this life, in this body, in this experience, instead of beating ourselves up and running this rat race? So they merge in a funny way, but they I use both skills, corporate skills, as well as these intuitive coaching skills in all areas of my life now. So it's just started to come together. It feels like it, it should be a write-off. I, I feel like <laughs> I should be able to, I feel like I should be able to write that off. No? No? Yes. I, <laughs> I would love if insurance paid for this. This would be great. Right? In the insurance industry, you could talk to you about that? <laughs> uh, I think it's fabulous. So I have known Phaedra for, I don't know, six, seven years now, forever, it feels like. Um, and we came together through insurance, believe it or not. Um, and then I watched you go on this journey and really find who you want to be and how you're going to be moving forward. And it was even pre-COVID, you were kind of transitioning, you know, into to the space of doing what you wanted to do um, with this next level of spiritual awareness and also, you know, helping others find that internally. Um, and then I, what I really enjoyed was during the pandemic, you just decided to rip cord and move, move. You were like, you know what, I'm taking my daughter and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something different. Um, and not many women, I think, are able to make that big of a jump uh, and, and additionally have a, have a global pandemic going on as well. So let's talk about that. Like what made you decide, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to move. Like I'm, I'm over it. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do what I want to do. And what has that journey been like for you? Because I know it's been really cool. And I want to hear about that a little more. Sure. So I think it starts a few years prior to that. I've always touched into these spiritual worlds and talked to animals and read tarot cards. I go in a little and then I get scared and run away. And my daughter in third grade several years ago started showing the abilities of an empath and taking on the problems of everyone in her class. And I was like, this isn't healthy for her and realized she's learning them for me. And I needed to really take the masks off of myself and really get into my heart and find my faith and, and be who I'm meant to be, who I am, who I came onto this planet to be. But I didn't know who that was. So through a series of synchronistic events, because when you open to it, it is always a series of synchronistic events, I ended up spending a year apprenticing, apprenticing with Heather Ashamara, who um, studied with Don Miguel Ruiz of the Four Agreements in Toltec Shamanism. And that was a year of, let's just say, ripping off the masks, and it was not pretty. And what I learned through that experience was how to listen to my body and my heart instead of rationalizing I was a lover of pro-con list and now I have thrown them all out the window. <laughs> so I had known for a while I wanted to get out of the city, out of the suburbs. I wanted more space. I grew up in New Hampshire and I missed that connection with the land and with the earth. And I had been on this journey of doing everything I thought I was supposed to do to be successful. And I was, and I was miserable. It just wasn't happy. It wasn't who I was. It wasn't what I wanted. And while I had all these awards and accolades and money in the bank, I was like, this isn't right. And so I took a journey to Teotihuacan in Mexico. And the day I flew back, I knew it was like God whispered in my ear, time to sell your condo. So I packed everything up. And the day after everything was in storage, we went into lockdown. 
It's like, okay, well, I just need to listen and wait. And I'm a pusher. I like to figure things out. I want to control the situation. And what I had learned through the apprenticeship is I push and I try to control when I feel unsafe. And I feel unsafe when I don't know the answer. And I needed to learn how to get comfortable in that uncomfortableness. So I sat and I meditated and I grounded. It's funny, I actually ripped all of the carpet out of that condo so I could keep my feet on the actual concrete floor to help ground myself and got a puppy in the middle of it because she just came in and I knew she was supposed to be with us. <laughs> all my stuff packed, camping in my house, bring a puppy in, which sounds insane. And she was the best thing ever. And then one day I was like, May 8th, we're going to put the house up for sale. So I called my realtor who, thank God, knows that I'm a little bit crazy and just tapping into intuition. And it sold in three days for all cash. So I put four animals, a kid, all of my computer stuff, because I'm still working, right? And a suitcase. And we found a place up in Guerneville and we're on the river private. Everything was locked down and it was amazing. I don't know how we ended up in Greenville. I was like, okay, well, we were going to go cross country, but now I can't do that. So what's open? What am I craving? And when I asked myself and just really listened, I wanted water. I wasn't really in, at the ocean. So I was like, I want the river. So I went to Airbnb and this one particular place kept showing up, kept showing up. I'm like, okay, I think that's it. And I booked it and the guys that own the place were amazing and it was perfect for us. And we really got to go there accept the circumstances and that the world really was changed and um, unexpectedly go through a lot of grief, a grief through what was ending, what the way of life was. Um, I think a lot of us are still going through that. Yeah. Right? Well, so what was cool about it was allowing myself the time to grieve because remember now I just came out of this apprenticeship that was teaching me my, my feelings. There are no good or bad feelings. They are just things that give us information and help us process. So instead of trying to hold it back and beat myself up for being sad that the world was changing, because a couple of years ago, I would have been like, Phaedra, you're weak. Just deal with it. You can do it. And now I'm like, no, I need to grieve this. I would go down to the river every day. We had some ospreys that were having babies that I got to watch and just be in the present and feel whatever I was feeling in the moment and allow it. So we were there for a couple of months and then I could not extend that rental, didn't know what I was going to do. And so in the meantime, I had taken this class to get an official life coaching certification because I had all this shamanic training, Reiki training. I said, oh, I want some official certification. What else can I do in the pandemic? And we had this funny little drill about thinking about what's the next step for something and how you clear your boundaries and your box so you can come up with out of the ideas. And so the question was, What's something you've never done? And I've spent my whole life acting on the stage. I've done some commercials, you know, done a little bit here and there, but I've never been in a TV show. So for the heck of it, I was like, oh, that's a goal that I've never done. Let me use this as my example. What is the craziest thing you could do if you had no limits to make that dream come true? I was like, well, I guess I could move to LA. <laughs> just throw that one in there. Yeah, so you know, just that. So Instead of going into sourdough bread baking, which is what everybody else did during the pandemic, you decided I'll pick up and move to LA and get a life coach cert. Cool. <laughs> so like, yeah. that's, well, that's here's good the use of your time, though. I mean, sourdough bread baking is, you know, I mean, I, I just I think that was overdone. 
honestly. Yeah. I didn't do it, but. Um, and I'm gluten-free, so it doesn't work for me. <laughs> no, that's not going to be on your pandemic skill set list. And gluten-free bread is really hard to make. <laughs> it is, yeah. So the funny part is I didn't realize that that idea was a real idea until about a week later. And I was like, oh, I could move there. But I'm not really an L.A. person. Again, back to the beginning. I came from New Hampshire. I want the land. And then I remembered about Topanga. And so we booked an Airbnb for a couple of weeks, came, put all the animals in the car again, <laughs> get everything, drove down, had to drug all of the cats because they were freaking out in the car. Let me tell you, six hours in the car with cats uh. and dogs and kids and stuff was interesting. <laughs> it was a fun adventure. We get this tiny, tiny little Airbnb and it turns out the couple that owns it, we become friends with. She's from New Hampshire. Her parents live in the town I grew up in. They take me hiking. I'm like, I want to extend my stay. She's like, it's booked. I'm like, it's going to cancel. She's like, what are you talking about? You know, all just these things. I'm like, don't worry. It's going to cancel. And she calls me there. She's like, they canceled. So we extend our stay. And then they had to go on this trip for a month. So we house sat for them. And all of this magic just fell into place and the house that we ended up buying, I had seen it when we first moved down and I was like, that's it. But it was out of my price range. It went into escrow. Well, as all things that are meant to be happen, it fell out of escrow. I had this experience when I'm pretty sure I met a couple randomly walking that looked like Jesus and Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Oh, sounds crazy. They happened to walk down this street. Only in Topanga would Jesus be in. Well, and they the walk street. down the street where nobody walks down because nobody knows the streets please, exist. Please tell me that names were Jesus and Maria. Come on. Tell um, me. Eliao and Mary Rose. Come on. I mean, close. And Eliao Super is close. Elijah, right? Yeah. Yeah. A prophet. So, I, like, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> and they connected me with um, an amazing realtor down here. And the next thing you knew, this house popped back up on the market and had no offers. Oh and there gosh. you were. And I was like, okay. And it all just happened. And now I live in my dream house on this beautiful land. And um, I post pictures of birds every day because I sit out and talk to them. And <laughs> okay, I just I just have to know though, when you sold the condo up in the Bay Area, did you have to put new carpet in, or did it sell with the concrete? <laughs> I did. I did put carpet in right before. Okay, just curious. <laughs> the bedroom I left because I had actually. This is going to sound crazy, but I had, when I did the floor in my bedroom, put all like intentional energy and good juju with different symbols and things when I did the floors myself and polished them. And then we put in a um, barn door to the bathroom. <laughs> the truth of the matter is the way the barn door hung, I would have to have it re-totally done because there wasn't enough room to get carpet under it. <laughs> so that one stayed. <laughs> I love that it. one that's stayed. Their, that's their job. Yeah. Oh but gosh. the cool thing is it sold to a woman who had just gone through a messy divorce and was a single mom and had a son the same age as my daughter. And I just, I felt really good turning that house over to them. I knew it was the exact right people to, to, to pass it on to. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So are you finding like in the corporate world, people are, cause I know when people think about like spiritual stuff and the the woo woo, you either get people that are super into it or people that are like, you're weird. And are you finding like in the corporate world, um, people are open to it or are you finding it's got that stigma to it where they're just like, uh, I'm too busy for this. 
You get all of it, but I guess the answer is I don't really care what anybody thinks. And if it comes up and they're open, the people who want to work with me show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had several high-profile insurance agents schedule one-on-one appointments with me that have gone in really strange directions and really clearing things from childhood. So, you know, people show up. I think everybody has this interest. Everybody has this pull. You know, we're these individual rays of light that are absolutely divine connected to the whole. We come into a body to experience separation. And can you hold that duality of being separate and being part of a whole and heal yourself and live this experience And we're always going to feel that separation and that pull. So I think everybody has it on a level. It's just, what are you ready to work on? And not everybody's working ready for this work and not, I don't accept everyone as a client because, you know, sometimes people just want to, you know, experience the woo woo. And I'm like, no, I'll work with people who are ready to go there. So in the corporate world. You said they went strange strange directions, like strange directions, like how? (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, need, I, I have questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can't tell you specifics because of confidentiality, but I can give you generalities. Um, when we go into sacred shamanic space, um, you'll meet your spirit guides. You'll meet earlier versions of yourself. And a lot of times when you're triggered by something now, it doesn't actually have to do with anything going on right now. And what we do is we get into safe space so we can find those roots. So people often remember things from their childhood that they had blocked or completely forgotten. And once you see it, sorry, am I still there? My kid's calling me on the other line. (laughs) That's the single mom. Kid's just calling me. Mom, she'll probably call again. Mom, when are you coming to get me? We're going to breakfast. We're going to the beach today. Um, That's life. But anyway, so, um, so, you get memories. Sometimes you'll have experiences of, you know, astral travel. You'll have experiences of, you know, connecting with ancestors or deceased ones, like anything can happen. So we go into the space wide open and I hold and guide people through it and let them know, Hey, this is all normal. This is all okay. We don't know what's going to show up. And then when something shows up, we can take a look at it and be like, huh, I wonder why, you know, this argument with my kid's sister when I was seven popped up while we're doing work talking that came up when we're working on a trigger about someone yelling at me at work, you know, so these really strange connections sometimes come up, but it helps us find core wounds and core originations to things to help us clear at the source. And then all of a sudden you clear at the source, you're not triggered you know, someone yells at you at work, you're like, oh, they're having a bad day. Instead of, oh my God, what did I do wrong? They don't like my stuff. So that's the kind of shifting, but I never know what's going to come up. And when I read tarot cards, half the time I get done and I have no idea what I said. And there, I mean, I had a, a reading last night with a woman and I look up after being in this kind of zone going through them and she's sobbing. I was like, oh, she's like, I just needed to hear that. I'm like, okay. So, you know, you don't know what kind of reactions you're going to get. You don't know what memories are going to come. And um, it gets weird sometimes. I would, I would like to know what triggers people have that cause them to eat an entire sleeve of Girl Scout Thin Mints oh. when they open it. And like, you can't not eat the whole sleeve. What? Why? Is, are there triggers for that? I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. a theme because we've talked about your Thin Mint sleeve obsession prior. There's, there's a sleeve problem. <laughs> I think you've got some underlying issues there. <laughs> I do. 
I do. It may go back <laughs> to my brownie days. It could. It could, perhaps. It could, perhaps. Um, so, Phaedra, when you do these readings, do you mm-hmm. find, like, when you're all done, are you, like, exhausted energetically? Mm-hmm. Because don't you take on a lot of, of, of energy when you expel it to them, to people? When I started, yes. Uh, now, not at all, because, you know, I just channel it, so I don't attach to it. But when I started learning, absolutely, I was exhausted all the time. And I will say, I do take what I call an energetic bath at any day that I'm working with people and just make sure that there's nothing attached to me. But there's some energetic tools and visualizations and cord cutting and Uh, that's where the training comes in, that you have these gifts and you start using them. um, And it's really important to have a teacher to help you move through and make sure that you're grounding and protecting yourself in each of these situations. But yeah, when I started, I would get aches and pains from the people I was working with. I would, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. So you you talked about the the gifts. I've always wondered this. Somebody who has that ability to read the tarot cards and interpret the tarot cards and help people find those triggers from something they may not even remember in their life. Is that something that you are have intuitively and how do you, I, I would assume it is. And how do you find that you have that skill? How do you discover that you have that skill? I think everybody has these talents and abilities. It's just a matter of opening to them and having faith. So uh, as I've done more and more work, I mean, this is crazy. The last few months I've started having like dead people come through in readings like that's never happened to me and like so I think it's just everybody has the ability and it's just a matter of do you want to learn can you be open and clearing and healing yourself that's the key if you can heal yourself one you're an example to others that gives them permission to do that work and it allows your own light to shine and we are naturally able to connect with the divine every single one of us it's just we've got a lot of layers of crap that just need to be shut off before we get there Yeah, I feel like during the pandemic, so many people being more quiet in their lives have spent time thinking about things and are probably more open to, you know, learning uh, different types of things about themselves and others. Do you have a certain kind of um, typical client that comes to you or are you finding that that's changing? (laughs) Oh, they're all over the map right now. I would say because of the pandemic, Uh, more people that would have never turned to this type of coaching are. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely open. We have this thing called non-patterning. And that means if you want to kind of figure out what's triggering you or see what's going on, do something different, take a different way to work, brush your teeth with the other hand. um, And stuff will just start to naturally come up because you're out of your pattern. Well, COVID put us all into non-patterning, forced non-patterning with no training. Your whole life is going to change. And that is when trauma rises. So I think we've seen a lot of that in the mental health space right now because of the COVID and that a lot of people are seeking whatever way they can to try to work through this stuff. Like a lot of drinking. Does drinking affect your ability to feel <laughs> yourself and bond? Because I think some people have had a pretty bad issue with that. Yeah, I think it goes back to your intent. Are you drinking because you're having a good time and you're taking care of yourself? Or are you drinking because you want to forget and avoid? So drinking in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. But if you're doing it because you're trying to avoid all the stuff that comes up, yeah, that can just we're going to, we're going to get the same lessons over and over and over again until we move through them. And whenever you're ready to move through them, you are. So. Interesting. I want to go back to the dead people. 
Um, <laughs> like, how trippy is that when you're sitting there and you like how I, mean, I would be flipping out if I was getting weird things coming in. Like, how, how do you like what what was it like the first time it happened? And like, how do you not flip out? Uh, well, I mean, I've done enough work in this world to know weird stuff happens all the time. So it, it, I won't flip out about it. But the first time it happened, I was reading for a really close friend of mine. And I'm like, I am sorry. I don't know why I'm saying this, but there is someone here that's female and they are poking me. And they are like, I can't continue your reading until I say that, give you this message. And fortunately, she's someone who's part of this work. So she wasn't freaked out either. But afterward, I was like, oh my God, that's never happened before. What the hell was that? What did I say? How was it? You know, so I was definitely freaked out and I'm, it's so new to me. It's not something I control. It can't happen last night. This woman's ancestors came through and I was like, okay, I have to give you this message. So it's only happened a couple of times, but do you record your sessions so that you can go back and listen if you want to, to what Um, you said? Sometimes, sometimes I do. I record when I'm teaching because um, sometimes stuff will just come through channeling and I want to rewatch it so I can use it the next time. Um, I will record a session for someone if they want it and give it, but I generally do not rewatch the sessions when I'm doing one-on-one work. Um, they got their message and they get the recording for a certain amount of time and then I delete it. You do these sessions, obviously you do them live. Do you also do them over Zoom? And is there a different, uh, is there a different impact on not being in the same room? Um, I think when I started, I needed to be in the room with the person. Now it doesn't matter. I mean, I had a client yesterday who was just kind of in a little trigger space. She's like, hey, can you pull cards real quick for me? I pulled cards and I literally voice recorded the reading and texted it to her. So um, most of my work is on Zoom because we've been in this COVID world. And last yesterday was actually the first time I started doing readings for strangers in person. Um, it doesn't matter. Energy is energy. That's really cool. That's I really cool that you could do one over text and still get the same energy. I think when you get in the zone, right, you just got to kind of focus that thought there. I, um, I have bird magic, which is my, yes, do. my magic. And I've talked to you about this. Like I have this hawk and every now and again, when we're doing these sessions too, it'll fly right by. One morning I came out and there was two hawks sitting on the, um, the, the tree outside. And I just like, I find it fascinating when you're open to other things. And when, when I'm seeking uh, decision-making or I'm not sure, or I'm like, is this the right moment? I'll, I'll look outside and that bird, if that bird's there, then I know that's, that's the choice. I go with my gut and every single time it, it happens. Like when I started you to want to do that, you go with a bird. I go with the bird, <laughs> the bird magic. Um, I think we all have, I think Jen, you've got what rate, is it ravens or vultures? It's the vultures. I had a big thing with vultures for a long time while I was uh, a single mom and going through different uh, changes and obstacles, I would see vultures doing really weird things, many of them in clumps and circling overhead. And I saw them mating. Whoever sees a vulture mating? I don't know. I just, I've seen them everywhere. So Did yeah. they mate in midair like a C-130 sort of thing? <laughs> no, they were not. They were on the ground, which is how I saw them. Do any birds mate midair? I mean, that feels very well, complicated. <laughs> 
the military's figured out how to refuel in midair. It's kind of the same sort of concept. Oh, God. That is a good, like, we need to do some Google on that. Do birds mate midair? Fleece, do you have any bird magic? No. Do you have any creature magic? No. No. I got nothing. Dog magic? Uh, dog no. barf? Dog, dog barf magic? My, one of my dogs has barfed every morning for the last three mornings. Faber, what does that mean? <laughs> that, your dog besides, besides he's like eating something shitty. I, I don't know what else to take from that. Yeah, I think that my means life is just a pile of yeah. vomit right now. Maybe that's it. The world is telling me my life is a pile of vomit. No. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So Phaedra, any like closing thoughts that you have for us? Like anything that you want to share with our listeners? It's like maybe one little tool that can help something them. Something they get don't in- know. Yeah, something cool. Mm, oh, pressure on there. Okay, what's, what's, one, what's one thing that we can do to try to help ourselves open up to? All right, I'm going to give you the simple one and you're going to laugh, but this is literally what I had to do. So one of the kind of, fundamental things about this work is that we don't listen to our bodies. We don't connect. We've been taught to use our minds. And so when I came into this work, um, I worked with an acupuncturist who was like, Fader, you need to like get mindful. And I was like, how the heck do I do that? So this is how I started. Super simple. One rule. Every time you go to the bathroom, take five deep belly breaths and don't take your phone. You want to start, start there. Five it's deep so- belly breaths and don't take your phone. Interesting. On it. I don't take my phone to the bathroom, so I'm halfway there. I don't either. Yeah, right? Same, same. (laughs) I think it's creepy to take your phone to the bathroom. Anyway, but I know many people that do that. Oh, Phaedra, this has been so fun and wonderful speaking with you. We can tell you're just a guiding light and an energetic presence. And uh, we want to thank you and our inspired listeners for joining us today. Um, We hope everybody found a little something that they learned about themselves or want to learn more and can contact Phaedra about. So thank you very much for joining the inspired crew and we hope everyone goes out and be gets inspired. 